This is the Grazia Life Advice Podcast. Welcome to another episode. I'm Rhiannon Evans and we are all set to hear from another brilliant woman. This time, one of the UK's biggest presenters fronting Country File, Radio 4's Woman's Hour and shows on Radio 2. Hello there, my name's Anita Rani and I am a presenter, broadcaster and now a writer. I'm a northerner, I'm a woman, (laughs) I'm Asian, I'm a raver (laughs) and I'm on this week's Grazia Life Advice podcast. Anita's memoir, The Right Sort of Girl, is out now. It charts her journey from 80s Yorkshire with her Punjabi family to now, with parts of it written as a letter to her teenage self. 16-year-old me up there in Bradford who's looking out on the landscape and there's just nothing. Nothing represents me, nothing represents her. There's nothing, there's no brown women on TV unless they're, you know, in a domestic abuse storyline on the bill. Coming up, how the things you railed against when you were younger can turn out to be life's greatest pleasures. Growing up when you're taught, especially as an Asian girl, that you have to cook, I always rejected it. I was like, I don't want to cook, that's not going to define me. Uh, Making chapatis, that's not going to define me. And you're right, it doesn't define you. However, it's a bloody useful life skill. And something to keep in mind when you're feeling outside your comfort zone, trying new things and worried you might humiliate yourself. You won't humiliate yourself as badly as my mate who was on a Zoom call with 40 other people and took the, for some reason, took the laptop into the toilet no she didn't and accidentally pressed uh, the camera on (laughs) it's another great chat with some brilliant life tips so let's get started hi Anita how are you I'm great Rhiannon how are you doing yeah good good I'm so excited to speak to you because you have a new book out your first ever memoir and it's called the right sort of girl and I just wondered if you could tell people a little bit about it if they haven't had a chance to pick it up yet because it only came out yesterday it's so exciting that it's um, something that I've been working on through lockdown. In the, just me and this book has finally been unleashed into the wild. Uh, so what a day, what a day. Um, it's a story about how I've got to where I am, really. it's um, It navigates my life uh, as a young Asian woman growing up in Bradford, a Punjabi woman, a Yorkshire lass. And it tells the tale of how, what my upbringing was like, my slightly chaotic family growing up then moving to London and trying to get work in TV. But I've pulled no punches because it was just me writing through lockdown. I felt if I'm going to write this book, it has to be as truthful and honest as possible. And the purpose of this book is hopefully to help other people and to ditch shame and smash a few taboos. So I've talked about a lot of stuff. Hopefully it's amusing as well and entertaining, as well as calling out a lot of shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to talk about the way that you start and end the book. It's like a letter to your younger self, right? And it's about talking through the lessons you and her have learned going through life, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, so I start with a letter because I was writing it to my younger self. It's Mm. 16-year-old me up there in Bradford who's looking out on the landscape and there's just nothing. Nothing represents me. Nothing represents her. There's nothing, there's no brown women on TV unless they're, you know, in a domestic abuse storyline on the bill. There's nobody who looks like me in any movies, in any magazines. So we're just nowhere in the cultural landscape. So this is to redress that a little bit, to tell a story that isn't normally spoken about or seen anywhere. So I start with this letter to myself, I end with a letter to myself and each chapter is I suppose an essay really about something about growing up and then what I learnt through that experience. Yeah, which is why I think you're going to be great on the podcast today with your advice. I also wanted to ask you because you say at the beginning that 
and I actually quite related to this, even though I do have present this podcast every week that you kind of have never really done any kind of self-assessment you're not one of those people who's ever sat down and really thought about yourself until you hit 40 and you're like actually I want to look at some stuff yeah I I really haven't I mean I've got friends and I suppose you live in London in the media world it's like you talk to people and everyone's like "Oh, oh have you got a therapist and and I just haven't I haven't for various reasons one of them is because I'm terrified of looking into myself and I've been terrified of understanding things. And it it was much easier for me to just put things into a box, Mm. tuck it away, lock, lock it and throw the key away and think, I don't have to worry about that. I've dealt with that and just kind of focus on my life. But actually what you realize when you get to 40 and maybe for some enlightened people, it's happened at a younger age that you can't live like that. Mm. That actually this stuff that we think we've got bottled away is just festering and just it's all it's doing is it's corroding you from the inside. If you want to live a full life and break patterns of habit or feel lighter, mm. then at some point you have to stare your shit down. Mm. And I've done it by telling the world about it. Yeah. <laughs> by bringing a book. A book. <laughs> I don't know it's if that way. was the right thing to do, but um, that's how it's come out. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's very raw and it's very real. So in that sense the book is for yourself in some ways, but you've also said that it's for anyone who's felt alone, different or like they're not the right sort of girl is that was that who you were thinking about throughout the writing? Absolutely. You know, of course it was for myself, but what myself is representing is anybody who's ever felt like an outsider. It's for everyone. Mm. Hopefully people will find something universal. It's a coming of age tale. I think lots of women will be able to relate to it. Definitely for South Asian kids who never hear their story, right? When do you ever hear about the Punjabi grandparents and Punjabi mothers and the auntie network or the Illuminati, as I call them? (laughs) But it's also for for anybody who just wants to understand Mm. how someone from my background has grown up in Britain in the 80s and 90s and what that experience was like. Yeah. And obviously being a journalist, it's really well drawn as well. So definitely recommend the book. We've made you pull out some more advice from your soul, though, for today's podcast. And I just really enjoyed your first piece of advice. I think I might actually, I always say this about my favourite pieces. I could get this put on a poster. Tell me what that is. So this is actually from my dad. He actually said it. My legend of a dad. Don't go to the pub if you can't afford a round. And I'm guessing that's literal as well as, you know, metaphorical. Absolutely. I mean, he, he gave, it was always quite funny. Was, I remember him sitting me and my brother down and telling us this. I was like, what a gem. I've never forgotten it. It's literal. Like, don't be those kids who just kind of ex- go to the pub and like everyone else has bought a drink and you're the person. It's when it comes to your turn. It's like, oh, I'm out of there. No one wants to be that person. No, no one likes that person. And so my dad is like, you're my kids. Either put your hands in your pockets or just don't bother going. And so I, I live by that. Absolutely, I live by that. In fact, I'm often the first to buy the round. Yeah, you don't want to be the last person. I mean, is it best to be the first person or the last person? I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to be the last person when it's like cocktails and shots coming exactly, in. Exactly, shots. Oh, yeah. and also you've had a few drinks by then. So you're like, the drinks are on me. Let's go. Let's buy the bar. I wake up in the morning and you're looking at the receipt going, what did I? Anyway, I mean, the, big, the bigger meaning and what I take from it, and it's definitely something I've learned from my parents, is sort of live within your means. Hmm. And it's financial advice. And I think this is really important for everybody, young people listening, but particularly I'm sure a lot of young women listening to this podcast. 
I think it's uh, really important for young women to be in financially independent. It brings mm. great liberation and you can be master of your own destiny when you've got money in your own pocket. Also be sensible with that money. I've got mates who've literally spent Three hundred thousand pounds on shoes, and then oh. yeah, I mean not literally, but you know, actually I say literally, that's not true. Yeah, uh, but you know, they just spent a fortune on shoes, and then they're like, mm. oh, what did we do? But shoes are great, handbags are great, stuff is great. Mm. I love stuff. Stuff is great. It's even better when you know you can afford it. Yeah, because just living on the never never and buying things because other people have them, and you think it's going to bring your life meaning. When you can't afford it, all it's going to do is make you really stressed. Mm. I sound like a proper auntie already. You know, I'm like, like come in with the serious, <laughs> like finger wagging advice. But, you know, these are my rules that I live by. This is not really, it's kind of, this is genuine. This is stuff that I live by myself. I think it's really important, especially in this kind of Instagram world as well, that you see these people and they look like they've got all this stuff and, you know, most of the time they're getting it for free or they're loaning it. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And this is the thing, you know, you see these amazing celebrities with their fabulous lives and they are wealthy. Mm. But the irony is most of the stuff that they've got is for free anyway. So they're kind of swinging these handbags around. And then, you know, young women around the country will, save their final all their money to go towards buying this one thing and don't get me wrong like a beautiful piece that you know you're going to have like a design classic fine but it's like the cycle of just buying things all the time to keep up to date with everything this throwaway culture is fashion culture added to that is the idea of being uh aware of the amount of waste that we produce i think we all yeah. need to be thinking about that buying sustainably and that I'm not, I'm not saying this to be preachy because I am well aware that it's not all, it's not, we have consumer choice, but you only have choice if you can afford it. Yes. Right. So actually the brands have, have more of a responsibility to help us out here a little bit. If we want to be sustainable, you want to make it affordable, then help us yeah. do that. Make, give us the, give us the options. And you're right. Instagram is a brilliant place and I bloody love it. And it's great for so many reasons. It's great. I've found some great communities on there and it's a great place to sort of talk about interesting stuff. But it's also a terrible place for making you feel that you should have something that other people have, Mm, especially when you can't afford it. Yeah. So yes, this is my being my sensible hat on. (laughs) Can you um, explain your second piece of advice, which is that beauty starts in the kitchen? Yes. So number one is from my dad. Number two is from my mum. Good old lucky. (laughs) Beauty starts in the kitchen. So I grew up with a mother who is super girly and loves beauty and loves, we love a face pack. And she, even to this day, when I rock up to see my mum, she'll have something mixed up, a concoction mixed up, ready to slather on my face. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, it's great. And she'll phone me and she'll say, right, take two minutes out, put some cucumbers on your eyes. You need the rest. You work very hard. Uh I'll do it. And beauty starts in the kitchen. Like, you know, we I grew up with, and I still to this day make face packs and m- masks from stuff in my fridge. And that's, uh, you know, yogurt and lemon and a bit of turmeric, tiny bit. Yeah. Don't put too much in. <laughs> Papaya, strawberries, okay. 
Um, there's loads of stuff, loads of stuff that has sort of natural enzymes that are good, like either astringents or moisturizing or whatever. And you just make them up, you know, do, do Google before you start sticking yeah. the old thing on you. <laughs> don't say Anita said anything in your fridge works like, yeah. uh, and then come out in a ration on. A whole I, thing I of turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a minion. I love it because it's about self-care mm. and when you work really hard, it is really important to just take time out to look after yourself. It's nice to beautify yourself. It feels feels good. Um, you know, I've kind of, it's nice to make your make you feel as though your skin's gonna glow. But also, it's just taking five minutes out to do something for yourself. Yeah, which I think is really important. And the kitchen and food is really important as well to you. Is that you've even got a recipe in your book? I have because ki- food is life. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I talk about this in one of my other bits of advice, but yes, uh, you know, food, what you eat, what you're putting into your body, all of that is great for your skin as well. Mm. Don't get me wrong, you know, I go out. <laughs> I, I've been out, out. I've been out since the mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it's about balance, isn't it? Beauty starts in the kitchen, 100%. What you put in your body reflects out. And also what you can slap on your skin, you can find in your fridge. And I think great to hear someone like you who's like, so high up in their career to talk about beauty and say yeah I work really hard and then I want to come home and put a face mask on to be honest oh my god yeah I think it's because it's been drilled into me I mean I moisturize every single day not just my face my entire like this is stuff that my mum has drilled into me since I was a kid like looking after my skin is really important Mm. but yeah just um I'm not afraid to talk about beauty why should we it's not frivolous Mm. you know Mm. if people can talk if football is something serious then fashion is serious Beauty is serious. And, um, you know, in the book, I talk about how I never felt beautiful mm. because I was an Asian woman. And if you don't see yourself on the cover of magazines or in, in women like you aren't seen as beautiful, then it's a really weird thing to have to go through as a teenager to compute where you fit in. You think you need plastic surgery to look like everybody else. Mm. I mean, it's terrible. And a Western Eurocentric form of beauty, like what is good looking? It's yeah. absolute madness. Absolute madness. I've wanted a nose job for years, Mm. but now I'm very happy in my skin. However, I do think that we can do whatever we can to stay youthful and vibrant. And yeah, who doesn't want glowy skin? Yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of people asking for those recipes on Twitter now. So watch this space, kids. Watch this space. Absolutely. I'll spread the love. Um, And it just makes you feel great. Like I said, Mm. self-care. Yeah, just put your phone down. Make a little face pack. Lie down and just... Yeah, imagine, imagine something peaceful. And being such a professional, you've moved on to your third piece of advice, which is about staying focused on your own game and not coveting other people's lives. Yeah, as I say, not coveting other people's made up lives. Mm. So staying focused on your own game is really important. So I have worked really hard as I'm, you know, everybody, every woman out there listening. I know there's lots of boys listening as well. You know, if you want a career, if you want to kind of advance yourself, whatever, you've got to just work hard to get there. But especially in my industry where being a TV presenter is such a bizarre job to have Hmm. and nothing is set. There is no set trajectory. You have to work to get every job. There's no guarantee you'll get the job. There's a huge amount of competition. There's various factors into whether you'll get the job or not that make it difficult or hard or whatever. And what you can't do is constantly think about what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Now, again, Instagram, 
makes us very aware because people are constantly, I mean, I do it, you know, I'm like, oh, this is, I've got, this is happening and you want to share some news and, but for someone else that might be like, oh God, she's doing this and I should be doing it too. But what I can say to everyone is genuinely the best bit of advice I can give you. And I've started working in TV. I've moved to London in 2001 and there wasn't, you know, we didn't have social media and stuff that we have now, but I genuinely didn't care what anyone else was up to. I had no desire to, I wouldn't worry about what other people had. All I knew was that I was here to do something for myself and just focus on my own game. The minute I have felt that I have started looking at other people's lives and feeling something, and it did happen a couple of years ago, is the minute I recognized that there was something wrong. What has happened to me that has made me all of a sudden feel a bit jealous towards somebody else. Cause that is not me. That has mm. never, ever been me. So something has happened where I feel that and I have to re- find that and fix it for myself because it is not healthy. It's corrosive. Being focused on your own game. Like if you want to act, focus on training yourself to be the best actress possible. If you want to I don't know, whatever it is, if you want to make music, you know, focus on the music you want to make. Don't Mm. listen to someone else and go, I want to do that. You know, what is your truth? What is your art? What do you want to create? And I think that is probably the most fulfilling way of living. And also it's probably the the way you'll get the success that you want and you'll be damn sight happier as well. What do you think has made it so you feel like that? Because not a lot of people feel like that. And that is very freeing. If you feel and you've never really felt like you need to compare yourself most of the time. What do you think in you has made you able to do that? I don't actually know. I think it's like, it's a personality trait, isn't it? Mm. Maybe I'm just so bloody (laughs) (laughs) self-obsessed. Maybe that's it. Like, "Eh, why am I bothered about anyone else? I've got it going on. Um, So um, maybe it's because there was just never anybody like me around, right? Yeah. So you don't, yeah. I'm just, it was just me. There's no one else. I might as well just crack on. And um, that's very freeing. Very difficult as well, but I'm actually thinking about it. Maybe that's what liberated me to not have to worry. You know, if I wanted to start a hobby, um, no one else, I didn't need to phone a friend to say, do you want to come and do this with me? It's actually found it easier to just do something on my own than have to arrange. And it was (laughs) being a bit of a weirdo loner helps. (laughs) (laughs) We're uncovering it all now. (laughs) It's all coming out. But, you know, it's easier said than done. And I know this, but genuinely... You have it within you to be brilliant. And actually that is Mm. just focus on nourishing yourself. And I guess now the level that you're at as well, hard, because I guess if you don't get a job or if you see something you fancy, it's in your face who gets things right. I mean, not like normal people going for other jobs and you don't really know what happens. Yeah, you have to be bloody minded. I mean, like like I say, no one who looked like me was in this industry 10, 20 years ago. And I've really had to navigate that landscape. Mm. And I have to say that my protection mechanism has been to not worry about what the jobs I'm not getting. Okay. You know, it's the advice I give, I've given to other people, which is don't worry about the job, 10 jobs you don't get because you only need the one job. Mm. But actually in the book, I talk about how now looking back, there was a problem with the system. Mm. In telly, when I was coming up, it was, we believed that it was white faces that people wanted to see yeah. on TV presenting their shows we believed that it was white faces that would sell magazines Mm. 
And it's only now, thank God, that finally people are changing that and we've had enough. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank and now you're looking back, now you look pick up Vogue and it's so brilliant and you're like, why the hell was this not always the way? Yeah. Like, it's so mad to think that we never had any non-white models. Yeah. It's so bonkers, isn't it? I know. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> And I think interesting as well, the idea that maybe brands have copped onto the idea that that's good for them as well, right? So it's good for us to have more diversity out there, but probably actually is, was always a good business decision. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what? My Asian people have money too? Yeah. Oh my God, black people have money too? There's a generation who just switched on now. Yeah. And I'm really inspired by young people now. Hmm. They actually own their identities in a way my generation never did. You know, I was taught that to just, you know, dial down my ethnicity. And now I've got amazing young people who are openly talking about their sexuality and who they are and owning their space and like more power to them. Just, it's, you're inspiring me. Yeah, absolutely. we back with more from Anita after this. I'm still here with Anita and I'd love you to tell us what your fourth piece of advice is. Okay, number four on the list. No one is paying that much attention to you. They're too busy worrying about themselves. So you might as well be brave. Yeah, how freeing. What a good thought. Woo! Yeah. Arms in the air. Let's go. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, you know, I talked about how you got to stay focused on your own game. And this really plays into that. You know, like when you walk into a room and you're really nervous because you don't know anybody and you're like, what's everyone thinking? What am I wearing? Mm. Oh my God, people can see that stain. Oh, everyone knows I'm really nervous. No, because they're all really nervous. Mm. And actually all they're thinking about is exactly the same as you. They're all worried about the chipped nail varnish that everyone's going to notice or, you know, oh, I had that garlic bread. Shouldn't have had the garlic bread for lunch. Like nobody cares because everybody's just worrying about themselves. And so we can spend all this energy feeling nervous, worrying about what other people say. And I know it's hard because I'm telling you, I say, I'm saying all this, but I'm trying to, you know, I go through it as well. I get nervous all the time, but you might as well just step into that situation and try and be brave. Definitely. And you obviously now meet loads of A-listers, you work with them, you know, you are one yourself, you're one of the biggest names in TV now. I mean, do you realize sometimes when you get to the top, you're like, oh, everyone was feeling worried the whole time. Yeah, I love that you call me an A-lister. I don't think I'm quite an A-lister, but, you know, yeah, me and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, you're, you're a British TV A-list, definitely. So, I mean, I've got the job at presenting Woman's Hour on a Friday, which is such an yeah. honour. The first few episodes, i just petrified mm. because it is such a big old space. It's Radio 4. It's the flagship mothership Woman's Hour. Yeah. And here I am, who never thought that would happen, kind of just got the job. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, it was bloody nerve wracking. And then I realized that if Radio 4 didn't want me to be me, then what was the point of employing me? And it yeah. was like a moment where I just thought, just come on, get in there, do it. Just do it. Do be yourself. And whatever, whatever happens, happens. Hmm. And it's going well so far. Do you love presenting that show? It must be really great. I absolutely love it. I love it because I feel like every time new presenters start, the program changes shape a little Mm -hmm, bit. mm -hmm. And, you know, me and Emma Barnett have joined and, uh, you know, she's bloody formidable. And I'm super keen to get young people on, people from different backgrounds. 
and just get a whole new generation of young women tuning in. And I'm encouraging people to get in touch with me and tell me your stories. Let Tell us, you tell us what you want to hear on Women's Hour. Mm. I have a friend of mine messaged me and she said, uh, my teenage daughter's now tuning to listen to every Friday. And that was like oh. a win. That was a win. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that text was uh, music to your producer's ears as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. And music is definitely something I want to get more of on. But I'm so inspired. We've got all these badass women coming on to talk to me about various things. And it's really enriching. I leave the pro- leave the studio every Friday thinking, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Just be ourselves. It's a great show. Um, Anita, can I ask you to tell us what your fifth piece of advice is? I'll, I'll leave it to you to say. Number five, wake up and seize the motherfucking day. No one else will do it for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you say that every morning or? Motivation is something I've just got, right? Yeah. Self-motivation. And my husband's like, oh, it's so annoying. It's a gift. But you can train yourself to have it. Yeah. Like, it is no one else is going to make it happen for you. And neither should you expect that. Like genuinely, if you want to do something, just get up and do it. Like my mum and dad used to say to me, I mean, this could have been another bit of advice. Don't talk to us about it. Tell us when you've done it. Just do it. Yeah. So if you have got a passion for something, you've got a burning desire, just go for it. Whatever it might be. I really, I used to do martial arts as a kid and love karate and I love martial arts. And then just before lockdown, I was like, I really miss, really miss it. And Mm. so there's a kickboxing gym at the top of my road and it is not a pretty, it's like a sweaty, (laughs) it's full of bouncers who can come in to train and hard nut women, like proper scary badasses. And I just thought, sod it, I'm going to go. And I joined the beginner's class and I went What's the worst that can happen? You might humiliate yourself, but you won't humiliate yourself as badly as my mate who was on a Zoom call with 40 other people and took the, for some reason, took the laptop into the toilet. No, she didn't. Yeah, she did. And accidentally pressed uh, the camera on. <laughs> oh, God. And then saw and then pressed and switched off and then phoned her husband and said, what can you see? And he said, everything. Oh, my God. So, you know what? Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry. <laughs> and as I said to her, don't worry, no one was looking at you. No one was looking at your minky. Everyone was too busy looking at other things. I think in that case, people might have looked, I have to say. <laughs> I know there are ups and downs. And like I've talked about mine in the book, I've really exposed how difficult I found being a teenager. I've talked about self-harm. I've talked about the patriarchy and how hard I felt my life was as a young woman. I've talked about how difficult it is navigating a white space and in an industry that I felt I was constantly having to prove myself. But at the same time, You've still got to just get up and recognize that we've been given the gift of like breath. Yeah. And that is it. We have this one shot. And I'm not talking about severe mental health because I don't have the answers, right? Mm -hmm. And there's amazing people who can help with that. But if you're feeling a bit down or run self-motivated, and it all comes back to the other things I was saying, don't spend time on Instagram feeling jealous and getting green with envy of what other people's lives are. Just step out and make your own life beautiful and Mm. find the meaning in your life. And you'll find that your own, like, make your own life really fulfilling. I got a dog recently. Bloody yeah. dogs are great. Go for a dog walk and go in the park and meet up with a friend. And, you know, we might have a beer one evening if it's nice and sunny. When's it going to be sunny? When's it going to be sunny, Rihanna? <laughs> but the only way that's going to happen is by forcing yourself to get up yeah. and do it. And once you've done it, 
as hard as it is, you'll feel great for doing it. Yeah. No, you always will. Yeah, always. And it's hard and the journey is hard and bloody hell writing this book was hard. And I've written a bloody book and it's out there and I can't believe it. And that's taken my breath away just thinking about the fact that it's out there. That's terrifying. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't worry too much. Don't put your phone down yet, though, is what I would say, because you just want to have your last piece of good advice, which we did mention earlier, which is your body is a machine. Keep it well oiled and don't diet. Hell yes. Brothers and sisters, (laughs) do not diet. Yeah. The body, it is a machine, right? Think of it as a machine. And it's like, you know, you've got a car and it doesn't matter how much you polish it and make it look pretty on the outside and hoover it. If the engine is fucked, it is just going to conk out. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that we've got to look after our physical presence, our physical body. Mm-hmm. I love the self-beauty. I love the beauty regimes. I love all that, a bit of this, bit of that, bit of, ooh, stick a cream on, put a lotion and a potion, make myself smell nice. Mm, yeah. All of that's gorgeous. But also you've got to physically make, get it moving. You've got to be fit. Doesn't matter, doesn't mean make yourself like have get a six pack, but whatever your body, whatever mm. your body shape, use it. It's really good for your mental health. It's good for giving you longevity of life. It will bring you vitality. But also, it will just make you happier. Like yeah. get some oxygen in your lungs. I like to run. Like I said, I'm one of those annoying people who is self-motivated and can just get, but even not yeah, have the off day, but I'll just mm. force myself to do it. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to look at people on Instagram who are like, just do what's right for you. Just mm-hmm. make yourself sweat a bit. Do what I do sometimes. Stick on blooming cake bush and jump around your living room. All right, yeah. Sweat, dance, dance, just dance and move your body. Um, and with that comes what you put into it as well learning to and being able to cook for yourself um i think cooking is a life skill i love cooking i always and but growing up when you're taught especially as an asian girl that you have to cook i always rejected it i was like mm. i don't want to cook that's not going to define me uh making chapatis that's not going to define me and you're right it doesn't define you however it's a bloody useful life skill yes. to have yeah. and i love to eat curry so i'm really glad and just knowing what's going into your body but yeah, and don't, honestly, don't fad diet. It is really difficult. I know we watch these programs come on time and time again, and the answer is always the same, a healthy, balanced lifestyle. But just think of it this way, like your body is a machine, and just respect mm-hmm. the machine. And we want the machine to work well for us for as long as possible. And that means giving it a bit of attention. I sound really, I don't want to sound preachy, Rihanna. No. But I think it's your learned experience, isn't it? And it's born out, it's born out well for you, so. Yeah. I mean, so far, you never know what's around the corner, right? Just <laughs> don't. True. And you don't know how, how life is going to play out. And, you know, it's all big, meaningful stuff. And it can sound like, oh, God, what? Yeah, she goes, yeah, of course, we're all going to die tomorrow. But it's the, it's the truth. Yeah. It is the truth. Like, every day is precious. And we always like to finish on a worst piece of advice. You're so positive. I don't know if you found this hard. But I think it's about finding the good and kind of not listening to people sometimes. So share what yours is. Okay, the worst advice I've ever had is you need to try and be like everyone else. Mm. So as an Asian kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, the word that we had was assimilate, you know, that was banded around. And so my, you sort of bought into that and believed that, you know, what was going to get you to where you want to be is to try and fit in mm. and to make, not make other people feel awkward about who you are. 
I guess, you know, it's, I say, you know, it's to an extent you have to do that. I've had to do that to kind of navigate those spaces. But ultimately you realize that you're just shaving off bits of who you are. You're denying your true self and you're taking off your corners and your edges and all the fun bits until like you wake up at 40 and think, who am I? Like, what do I represent? I'm pathetic. Um, Because I'm just always appeasing other people. And best thing to do is just take ownership of who you are and like, be unashamed in who you are. Mm. And that's what I've learned now that actually what I actually is makes me powerful is the fact that I'm Indian and I come from two different cultures and I can navigate worlds and sit in different spaces. And that is what's make that is what is it, it's about. Yeah. Which is why I'm shouting about it now. Yeah. But like I said before, Rhiannon, I'm just inspired by younger people. They are the ones who are telling us mm. this. And now is the perfect, now it's never been a better time to step out there in, in all your glory. No, you're so right. Um, Anita, thank you so much for sharing those pieces of advice. And I have to say the book is full of loads more. So if you've enjoyed that, The Right Sort of Girl is out now. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rhiannon. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. So brilliant to have Anita Rani with us. And thanks as ever to you for joining us again. If you've enjoyed it, please rate and review Grazia Life Advice in your podcast player. It really helps us out and helps us reach new people. See you next time.